Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 422 of Lave Radio, the hottest show this side of Dizzo. This is the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host of Christmas Past, second technician Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode are the chief bar steward here at the OSB, Mr. Grant Psychocow Wilcock. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, hello, 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 hello. Uh, we also have our very own apprentice stunt driver, Alec Turner. Oh, I'm surrounded by strangers. <laughs> I know the feeling, trust me. Uh, our tech monkey here is also Commander Ventura, otherwise known as Norman MacArthur. Hello. So guys, if you wish, you can join us live. We're, we're hanging out in game in open at the Orange Sidewinder bar near Planet Lave. Uh, if you can't get into game, you can also join the the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through layradio.com forward slash live and clicking on live chat and on twitch.tv forward slash layradio. So to say it's been a while since I did this would be a massive, massive understatement. So please bear with me and, of course, lower your expectations for the quality of today's episode accordingly. Um, I'm guessing we still run around the crew and find out what everybody's everybody's been up to so if that's the case and then because it's nearly christmas i'm going to ask you what you've been up to since the last episode and also a couple of christmas themed questions so this is the last show before the big guy in red makes his way from shinrata desra avoiding tharkoid interceptors and making his sleigh making sure his sleigh is running in sort of silent running to get past station security and ensure he makes all of his deliveries on time so with that in mind i'm going to ask you all what your favourite stocking present was as a child, and then fast forward to today, and what gift you are looking forward to either giving or receiving most this year. And, ooh, let's start off with you, Grant. Cheers. Um, 
<laughs> right, what have I been up to since the last episode? I was on, well, I've been, you know, working on that bathroom. Um, one Still. day, one Still. day. Just leave it right. Unless you're prepared, like like our Canadian friend, to come all the way up here to help out, only to nearly die in the process. Um, so, Mate, that sounds yeah, like a lot of stories I'm missing here. It's almost there. It's almost there. We're, we're still just at the tiling stage. We've now got one whole wall tiled and another half wall tiled. We've got that half to finish and then a quarter of this wall to do. So this summer, when the summer comes around, we'll get that finished and it'll all be good. I just saw a fantastic comment from, uh, is it Winter Mute, um, who says it's a bit early for the ghosts of Christmas past, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think he means us. I think he means us. So it should be quite interesting because, um, yeah, I've not been on for a while. I um, have recently just sort of reconnected with Elite in the last sort of two months. Um, and uh, we'll just give a big a big sort of cheers in my live radio tankard here to, to everyone out there if you're having a drink tonight. Cheers. Good health to you all. Um, right. Stocking presents. <sighs> From childhood, I used to, well, always get the big orange it had a navel at the bottom of it for some reason because my mom would yep. go for these big orange. It always had a navel, just a wee, weird bottom bit, um, and an apple. And then generally it would be a couple of gifts from under the tree that are small. Um, and it usually always had chocolate mice. Now, yeah. or chocolate teddy bears. She never remembered who got what every year, so it changed it every year. <laughs> and I still get them now, so I'll look forward to that. <laughs> um, because you know all of our mothers are hopeless when it comes to these kind of things. Um, we're not having we're having a bit of a reduced Christmas this year just because of the cost of living um, totally. and all those kind of really boring things. But um, also we've been trying to uh, remortgage our house for the last <laughs> since August, um, and it's just we found out uh, in that process that actually it was when we bought it they never completed conveyancing. No. So it's never been registered in the land registry. And so until we resolve that issue, I suppose it means I just don't have to pay my mortgage because they can't take it off me if I can't remortgage it. But this is it. There must be all sorts of taxes you shouldn't have to pay if your house doesn't officially exist. Yeah, I think you've got squatter rights. Squatter rights, yeah, on the street. (laughs) There's no house here. (laughs) Oh, it's, and, and it's it's cold. So yeah, other th- um, other than that, so Christmas I'm going to have uh, my daughter's away. She's been down to Hull with her boyfriend, which is a wonderful gift that she's giving us this year. Um, <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then on on one hand, you you're given something, and on the other hand, it's taken away. When Dylan says, "Can I bring my flatmate and her boyfriend?" and you're like, oh. "Oh, I was so close to getting out of it." Yeah. <laughs> You know, I do enjoy cooking, um, so I'm looking forward to the the sort of Christmas meal and prep. And oh, crikey, I've got it'll be a chicken. There'll be roast potatoes. There will be handmade chicken breast nuggets. There will be crikey, you name it. We'll knock it out for everyone in the house. And everyone has different dietary requirements, and nobody likes the same things. So you know. So you better start cooking now then. It's not too early for the the hosts of Christmas past, but it's probably about the right time for you to start starting cooking your Christmas dinner. Yes. Who's the host? Well, Alex the host of the Christmas present. So we need need a new host for the future. Chat, who's out there? Who's up for it? Yes, we need a host of future. 
I mean, we've run out of all the the current hosts at the minute. With they're all down with various. Yeah, we should probably explain. Yeah, shouldn't we? We should probably explain where everybody is. So, unfortunately, the wonderful psychic has uh, come down with COVID. Uh, ben is still unwell, so he's not making it. Uh, the wonderful Ed Levice and Colin was supposed to be joining us tonight, but got some tragic news that a fox had got in to his rabbit hutch and has unfortunately caused the demise of their family rabbits so obviously not in the mood uh, to come and make merry with us on the podcast so no condolences and also get well soon to all the rest of the the crew that aren't here now you understand why it is that we were scraping the bottom of the barrel by getting me on to uh, to actually host the podcasts <laughs> just, i just think you know we've been we've been lured in under false pretenses and, and i think now that they've got us in here we're not get out that's it we're here forever now they're just they're not coming back what is this the sidewinder I mean... california <laughs> i'm here yeah. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Or not? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Have you got the keys? Have you got the keys? Can you let us out at the end of the show? Keys Just to the keys to the liquor cabinet. Yeah. Oh man, funny. Alec, what about you, mate? What about the uh, thinking back to your past? What was your favourite uh, thing that you always look forward to and getting in your in your Christmas stocking? And yeah, what are you looking forward to this year? <laughs> hmm. You know, I can't remember that. I mean, Christmas stockings were pretty classic. Um, There's that thing you used to get, and they seem ridiculously small these days. I'm sure they used to be bigger, but maybe it was just because I was a lot smaller. But it was always the classic Cadbury's selection sort of net stocking. So it was like a net stocking with a backing of cardboard. And it always had like one of each of Cadbury's um, bars. I used to bloody love getting that, frankly. I, I, I don't know why I'd, I should buy myself one because it's the sort of thing you only you give to the kids. No, I, I, no, every the magic... year I think I should get myself one of those. No, <laughs> really the magic's missed. gone if you buy it yourself, and, and I think for all that kids at that age, it's it, yeah, it's probably more chocolate than you were allowed to hold in your hand. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more chocolate that was bigger than your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what else? I um, oh, So I, we do have a, a running Christmas tree update for anyone that gives a shit. It's not as good as the bathroom update. But, <laughs> but three weeks ago, we bought a fairly cheap Christmas tree because um, the, cause the nice ones were, were stupidly expensive. And we were told that its, its needles would all fall off within two weeks. Um, so I just want to report that it still has its needles, but it's now in that state where you, you have to be very careful not to touch it. If you, if you accidentally brush past it, then you suddenly hear this, there's <laughs> another inch of needles on the floor. So it, it, it's now in a delicate state and we have five more days to go. Hang in there, tree, hang in there. <laughs> and what are you looking forward to either giving or receiving the most? Um, there is a present I'm looking forward to giving a lot, but the person I'm giving it to is potentially within earshot, so I can't say <laughs> oh, no. anymore. Yep, keep it still. But it's a good one. I'm quite looking forward to that. Receiving um, um, a, a, a stocking with a bit of cardboard and loads of Cadbury's chocolate, please. <laughs> and you're now going to be gutted if you don't receive it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone listen to this show? awesome stuff um okay norman i want i know you wanted to sort of sit this one out and be quiet in the background but i'm going to bring you in for this bit anyway just because i want to hear about the the thing that you're looking forward to receiving and also your your stocking reminiscing uh not well stocking would be well wouldn't be stocking it would actually be when i got my acon electron oh uh, nice in the past when we, well my brother and i got acon electron um didn't get elite at that point but uh, i got it later on um, 
and for this year I don't know I really seriously don't know I was trying to figure that one out don't know don't know peace and then an end to war absolutely world end. peace <laughs> world peace yes um, yeah world peace anyway but that seems to have it <laughs> yeah I don't think that's on the cards I don't think the big man's bringing that to anybody this year at the moment not no, uh, not with Putin not. in charge not that we're going to stray nope. into politics and world uh, world news or anything but uh, no it does seem to be a bit grim this year for certain people so uh, obviously thoughts and prayers out to those people that are affected by it but um, yes things I'm just saying you can, I'm trying to think I, obviously I, I created this question and I never actually thought it through enough to actually think about what um, what I really enjoyed getting in the stocking so I was hoping that you two guys were going to give me a bit of inspiration and yeah I've just re- remembered what I did used to get every year and I don't know you can't get but um, we used to get it was it was chocolates but it was um, it was like Yorkie trucks. So they're made out of cardboard. And then in the back of the truck, they had little blocks of Yorkies. Not the sort of pathetic Yorkies that you get these days that have been valued engineered to be like the size of your, your thumbnail, but thick, proper slabs of Yorkie chocolate individually wrapped as if they were bits of freight that went into the back of the trucks. And we got those for, for years. Uh, and they were, awesome. they were the I've things. I've never seen that. No, they, they were absolutely fantastic. And the challenge was always to see how much of you could eat before your mum woke up and realised that you were eating your stocking. That was always the challenge. And you always went down to open the rest of your presents feeling absolutely bilious and sick. So that was that was always one to look forward to. And then this year, I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out because the person that I'm I'm giving it to is also in the next room within earshot. So uh, maybe we save that until uh, to next week's show. And report back on on what we received and what uh, what we enjoyed giving. So cool, excellent. Well, guys, let's have a look. What uh, what do we do next? Do we uh, jump straight into uh, the development news? I believe there has been some. Um, yes, post update fourteen. Uh, known issues. Who wants to pick this one up? I was going to say you're going to need you're going to need filling in on this one because <laughs> you don't know. But I was about so confident we're going to it. <laughs> Let alone the things that are still bugs. Oh, hang on, I've just accidentally done a drag and drop in the show notes and scrambled it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the only, the only, the big issue. So you know, there's this big war going on. I have heard. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's a war with the Thargoids. There's a there's a bunch of issues. The I think they're things like I, th- I think the two big players are um, uh, the the old chestnut of combat zones that don't complete. So invisible Thargoids or Thargoids that bugger off, or so you can never quite kill the last one. Something like that, I think. And the other one that's a that's a, a real biggie is that the um, the mission boards aren't loading. So you you fly down to pick up your kill five billion Thargoid scouts missions, and the mission board spins an hourglass for oh. about a minute, and then comes up with zilch. Um, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if anyone else here knows if that's outside of the war zones, but yeah, mission boards being empty. And Frontier have basically said, uh, we're off on our holidays now, so you're <laughs> going to have to live with these until January. Right, which uh, and well, frustrating for those people that want to play it over the holiday periods, but understandable at the same time. I mean, again, I haven't been in game for a while, I'm just jumping back into it, but is is that a game breaker or is it just an annoyance? I suppose it's, I mean, it's a bit of an, go on. Yeah. 
it's 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 not critical. I'm not sure because I've not right. So I have not involved myself in the Thargoid War yet. Um, I have been involved in running missions on general stuff, uh, BGS stuff, and uh, undermining conflict zones on foot. Um, I love the on-foot missions at the moment. I'm absolutely just addicted to just running back and forward, assassinating people, stealing people's pets, um, putting oh. things in their stock. Am I Santa Claus? <laughs> no, wait a minute. Um, Not one that I but, want to come know, across. The, the missions are, are, are fine as far as I can see for standard missions and things, but I think when the Thargoid one, I'm not sure, are they critical in the battle of giving you tokens towards taking control of the system, in which case that's quite a serious issue. But if it's not critical, um, so when combat zones are things, for example, it's just about winning the combat zone and then the bounties is like a little additional part to help swing that arrow towards your victory. And I'm not entirely sure of the mechanics of the Thargoid War. Um, so those missions not loading could be just a, a, a sort of limitation on the money and reputation that you could be gaining but it could, uh, more importantly, if someone's in the chat that knows or if, if Alec knows, um, it might be that they're actually quite critical to that process. Yeah, well, I guess all those things count. I mean, I hadn't really thought about this, but I guess not having missions means you can't rescue anyone because, you know, you, you can jump into one of these systems and start killing scouts and racking up um, the the combat bonds. But I guess without missions, you can't. You can't rescue anyone, which I, I'm guessing counts quite significantly. But that said, I think we have—I have seen reports of a few um, of the sort of Thargoid-affected systems already being won this week. So, don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing it's a bit of a pain. Well, just jumping into that point about rescuing people, just looking in the the chat. So we've got uh, Commander Terikov, who I'm sure I've just butchered your name. Just mentioned that in in Legacy, they're having an issue in terms of you cannot search for commanders, so no friends request, which is a, a massive issue for for the people that are, you know in the fuel rats. Uh, and having been rescued by the fuel rats in the past, I could imagine that is uh, that's, that's a hell of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Not that I run out of fuel these days, but you know it has it has been known. So in terms of legacy, is that just because, again, again, catching up with the game, legacy, just remind me. So that is uh, a fork or a branch of the game which doesn't have the big Thargoid War, yeah? Yeah, correct. I mean, basically, it's the pre-Odyssey code base. Ah, okay. What used to be the old, just standard horizons? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I think for quite a while, there was uncertainty, and I think quite a few people thought it, they would eventually kill it off completely. That that was kind of my view. Um, I quite like the old Horizons planet tech as, you know, compared to the Odyssey planet tech. So I was dreading the day when they would kill off the 3.8 client. So actually, the fact that they've given it a name and called it Legacy and made it a thing is kind of good news because it means it's it's going to live live on for a while longer have they given any kind of because i've seen some comments that there's a sort of or clearly a, a sort of gray area as to how much uh development and upkeep is going to go into the legacy mode is it just a case of there's, here you go there's, there's, none. there's your eggs there's none i mean there's no cgs there's no galnet news um yeah i think it's it's bug, bug literally made, like that maybe i don't think we've yeah i guess so there was there was a patch for it um so when update 14 came out there was a download for but whether that was purely a sort of final you know like a final version i don't uh, yeah remains to be seen 
Okay, yeah, so it's, it's just unclear at the moment as to what their um, commitment to the legacy mode will be long term. Yeah. I guess Terakov has said it right, actually. No development, no new content, critical bug fixes only. Which kind of makes it, sense, doesn't it, really? Yeah. yeah, in terms of sort of driving forward with the main branch. So, cool. Anything else on bug fixes, guys? I say bug fixes. Well, we haven't actually got any bug fixes. We've just got bugs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bug fixes I've noticed... Year. An awful lot of the uh, issues that I've experienced in the ground battles that uh, the people that I've been playing with have been sort of dismissing as bugs. Um, When you sort of dial down to it and try and reproduce them, you then realise that these are the bugs caused by multiplayer. And generally speaking, after a week of having the most annoying things happening and losing missions and just really annoying things like you you land on a planet for a for a combat zone and you get out of the shuttle and the screen goes black and it never loads in so you then have to log out then you log back and then dumps you on foot outside the blue and settlement you've then got to run into the settlement and try and work out which one of the people is on the opposition side shoot them and that then puts you on the right side because the menu to join doesn't work um and then the member of your group says something like, oh, I'm going to have to go, my phone's playing up. And you're like, you're connected to us <laughs> through your mobile. And suddenly all these bugs don't seem like they're bugs. They seem more like they're a member of our crew that could do with maybe getting into the other house. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I think there are little bugs that are always going to be there that are kind of standard in a game of this size. Um, and I've not sort of followed any from the reports of new content to the, the sort of fixes of them, but these guys do on a weekly basis. Um, so uh, Alex probably best to sort of confirm how they're doing with their bug fixes. Have they managed to kill off some of these old long No, bugs? I mean, th- there's a great, great many very very old long-standing bugs that have just not been fixed um what they used to do so i may not be aware of this you guys but they on their weekly live streams and i guess this was up until sort of maybe the end of summer last year they used to on their on their two um bi-weekly live streams do a, a, a sort of rundown of the top 20 issues on the issues tracker um, which you can find for yourself. You can search in the issue tracker and get the top twenty. So the one that you know, the top twenty acknowledged bugs by number of contribution uh, by number of votes. And for a while, they chipped away at that list. And <laughs> personally, I, I suspect what happens is they eventually chopped the ones that they could fix out of the list until they ended up with a top twenty list of really difficult bugs to fix. And then suddenly thought, uh, let's sweep this feature under the carpet, guys. So they stopped highlighting the top 20 extremely difficult to fix bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and from that point onwards, um, yeah, it's gone a bit quiet on that front. Maybe it's the sort of thing they should bring back every time they do a new update with all these you know, these new bugs that they into, uh, implement into the actual uh, code that are yeah. easy to squash again. And then you know, it was a nice feature. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice feature in a way. If they could pick and choose bugs to highlight and then fix, it would look quite good. But of course, because you can search, because we can search their database as well as they can, they they can't cheat. They can only <laughs> highlight the top 20 and those top 20 <laughs> continue to be extremely difficult to fix bugs. I mean, that's a probably... recapture at the bottom of the screen that says, you know, that th- these bugs have been picked for entertainment purposes. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, talking about the stream has probably got a nice uh, a nice segue actually onto uh, onto Thursday's uh, stream. So that was what Frameshift Live twenty three, the festive special. Indeed. Um, you'll have to run us through this because I didn't manage to catch it. Huh, let me think. I did see it. Um, I skimmed it a bit because I was I was out and about. But it was yeah. So it was a sort of sit down around the sofa style chat. Um, they had. Ben and Hannah on, who are from the sort of story team, I suppose, you know, looking back on the um, all the story stuff that's been going throughout the year. They had a quiz, which uh, was the devs versus the CMs. They had a little, a nice little feat, uh, interview with David Braben. So Sally interviewed as a pre-recorded interview with David for about David 10 minutes. About, was he talking about the fact he still wants to get safaris in the next build and wants to go away <laughs> no it was it was just sort of reminiscing really it was um yeah it was oh. nothing it was nothing does he have a jumper with a logo that went under oh, his armpits oh that's what he needs. he had a yeah he had a he had his christmas jumper on it was it was yes <laughs> i totally missed it i totally missed it and and it's one of those things where um I really get i get quite sad that so like there's a little part it's a little bit of my heart breaks when it comes to this time of year and there's not a 24-hour stream from Frontier. I mean, I used to sleep in the office with the computer on so that I could wake up for the the content throughout the night and and still maintain the ability to function as a human being in the morning, but I sorely, sorely miss those streams. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, I kind of get sad, but I didn't know when it was on and I totally missed it. And, uh, yeah, I kicked myself for that. Yeah, it was all right. It was fine. It, 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 there was a very nice moment. I think I think a lot of people say this was the highlight. It, it's very brief, but it's right at the end. And um, uh, Avantian, who's been working with um, the what's the voice attack profile company? CS voice packs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Voice. yeah. So he's been so he's been doing some voice recording with um, William Shatner, I think. And they well, they. they, he, they they basically got Shatner to do a little piece to Arthur Tolmy, who's the lead community manager, just sort of telling him that he's he's heard he's running a tight ship and sort of carry on commander. And it basically broke Arthur live on the stream. It was fantastic. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, was yeah. I mean, he was he was super super. It's, you know that thing from obviously from being um, in the truckers and we when we set them up and stuff the. The biggest joys we always have is when you bring something unique and special and and often um, from the pink custard single, the stuff arrives in your inbox and you, it's so hard to keep those kind of things secret. So I know that Dave was just super excited to see what uh, Arf's reaction would be to that. And it must have been the most itchiest finger he was, you know, sitting on his hands trying not to give the game away up to that run up. I bet. Yeah, I don't think the reaction could have been better because you know they oh, did you see it? He's, they sort of played it, and then Arthur was like, couldn't quite believe it, and he's like, "Can you play it again?" And then they <laughs> played it again, and then his eyes sort of went wide. And was like, oh, "I'm really sorry. Can you play it again?" <laughs> and he just kept asking them to play it. Yeah, and no, then we're personal like, shout out by Shat. You, you, you're going to just yeah. want to get that one record. That's going to be your new ringtone, surely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good stream. How um how is this working? Because again, I I am jumping back into game, and I can see the whole Kovas thing. And are they now integrated with the stuff that's going on for um, no. with the? No, 
They're not. Where, where have you been? Well, no, it's just the fact that I, I saw one of them was Leo, which is obviously um, the guy, at least sounds like the guy from uh, from Red Dwarf, which I remember was being from one of those packs. And it seems to be an official thing that you can get in-game. So I was just wondering if there had been some sort of partnership between the two. I, I'm not sure that there's any sort of any closer no. sort of workings together than there was before, but the um, the voice packs are just kind of like Frontier's way of giving you the in-game um, experience with voices. Uh, it's nowhere near as uh, integrated and as immersive as the HES voice packs who have put in... Um, Practically, just like databases of information that you can ask, and you'll get fed back the the total um, multi crews that you can have as well in your experiences there. And one of the things I'd seen is, for example, arriving on your own uh, carrier fleet carrier. If you arrive on that, the HCS voice packs recognizes that you've arrived on your own one, and will play a customized message to sort of make you go like, "Welcome back to your ship," or you know, "Gosh, you're awesome," or whatever. They they do. There's at least an acknowledgement. Whereas even in game, you don't tend to get that from the frontier side, which would be epic. Um, there's so much quite good. I mean, I'm getting a bit sick of the annoying background music on foot, and <laughs> this station's bar is getting. It's driving me mad. It's like being at work. Hey, you run this bar for heaven's sakes! You know, if anybody can change the music, surely it's got to be our chief bar steward. <laughs> they just they've, they've, since since an incident a couple of months ago, I've not been allowed back near the CD player. <laughs> well, it was a pink custard just on repeat. Is that, is, was that the problem? Yeah, as my, my mind wipe saying that uh, didn't HCS do the recordings for the Karina Kovas? It's possible. I don't know. Well, that's what I was thinking because certainly for. Um... Yeah, Leo certainly sounded like one of the uh, HCS ones. That's what made me think there'd been a, a partnership. But it's fun. It's no, sort of getting it's, back it's, into it's, the game after being so so long out. It, it's it's a lovely little voyage of discovery. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I didn't even I didn't even know how to put my Christmas jumper on uh, before the show started. So uh, yeah, I need some remedial uh, Elite Dangerous, which is going to be fun over the Christmas period. I'm really looking forward to it. What I recommend, actually, if you get bored with the um, the Kobes voices, is to pick the French or Germans because you can you can start to pick up a, a, a limited vocabulary. I'm not quite sure how use it, useful it actually is to be able to say landing gear deployed when you go on holiday to Paris. But it's... Well, yeah, see, bonjour, if you're running, landing gear deployed. Yes. If, if you're running around with a pained expression on your face and you're shouting eject cargo, eject cargo, it might well get the point across. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. I love it. <laughs> uh, where are we? I think we digress. Uh, Galnet News. Anybody can round up Galnet News? What's happening in that? This is... Oh. Um, go on. No, I, was I, gonna, clue. I was just, just, just going to say, so, so you might not have seen this. The, these started about four months ago, and this is um, Paul Crowther, who's one of the community managers over at FD, and he does a little weekly summary because there's a lot of cabinet news these days so he does a weekly summary um i think giving wotherspoon a run for his money frankly with galnet news <laughs> digest you know so so for example and let me pick one um uh, yeah so so for example the very first galnet news article is uh, the darkest days and paul's summary of that is uh, news feeds around the world have broadcast messages of doom and gloom to let anyone who was somehow blissfully unaware of the encroaching alien apocalypse um know that all hope is lost so pretty standard fare for news outlets really 
<laughs> so, yeah, so we say it summarizes each of the news articles. It's quite a laugh, actually. Cool. Uh, so is that because obviously, you know, you can then pull up Galnet News in uh, in ship was the, the last sort of iteration that I saw of Galnet News. But there was so much of it that you just you never really bothered. So. I take it this is a better way of getting your your gown. I guess. I mean, this is on the forums. I mean, in between, I do. Yeah, I do. It's interesting. I do tend to. What I tend to do is, if I've got um, a longish super cruise journey, then I'll usually quickly pick something from the in-game Galnet news, and you know, you can get it to um, text-to-speech these days, so it reads it out for you. I did not so, know that. Yeah, that's been this? in. That's been in quite a while. <laughs> but yeah, you you can get it to, it'll read it out to you now. So you can just do that on a super cruise journey. That's quite cool. Right, this year was just, just you know, totally ignoring the fact that we can use a dot system to say we've got a point to say. No, I was just thinking, you know, I remember the time when uh, we were probably way back in the sort of start of the podcast and things when we were talking about the Galnet news and, and noting that there was a distinct lack of the sort of storylines and, and saying how important it is to have it rep, you know presented to us in such a way. And now I'm sitting here having to confess that I've never clicked that Galnet button since I put it in the right hand window. Um <laughs> And haven't engaged with the stories in there. Do you know I, I really love the the small local news in the, the terminals and stations where you can see what's going on with the percentages and what the, the I mean I think I'm probably still more engaged with the BGS than I am with the, the rest of the game I'm glad the Thargoids haven't hit the sectors that I'm in because I wouldn't know what to do with myself um, if they did take away what I like doing which is the ground missions and then creating uh, conflicts and then going off and doing sort of continual waves of war and making loads and loads and loads of credits but yeah the galnet doesn't quite tie into that i'm not i don't seem i don't know that's that's just me i know plenty of people that absolutely love it they and you can tell that when you catch any of the elite dangerous streamers like that i see the burpit mentioned as well psychic they always engage with that galnet news and 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 put their own slants on the particular stories in it which is awesome because that creates a connection to the game that otherwise would be very difficult to do when you can polarize your players and have them pick sides based on a story that's engagement that you just you know you you can't buy that yeah yes a story has been huge in the last year i mean compared to you know there was a bit of a sort of radio silence on galnet news two years ago or so um but in the last year it's really been driving the game uh far more than it used to and it's good it's really good story writing and if there was someone that, say, has you know vanished out of the Elite Dangerous universe for, say, two years, is there any way of quickly catching up on, on that story? Is there a, a summary about what's happened over the last year? I believe if you wait a few days, possibly, weeks, I'm not sure, um, that Pete Wotherspoon's Galnet News Digest, I think he's planning on doing a summary of the year. He's done one the last couple of years. And joking aside, I mean, that that will have a wry take on it, but it will nevertheless be quite a good summary of the year, probably. Awesome. In which case, I should definitely be looking out for that. You Um, could do it in-game, but I don't know how... I think it keeps all the stories, but it's a bit tedious to have to go back through them all. And there isn't a a summary of what's gone before? No. Uh, 
I might have to find a link. Um, certainly with the big storylines. So, so, so you know, the individual Gownet news articles have been part of a sort of big story arc, if you like. And they certainly summarised the first one. There's a forum thread somewhere where they summarised the entire first story arc leading up to, I guess, um, salvation and the all that lot exploding. Yeah. Well, Wotherspoon has actually just dropped a, a message in the chat saying the review of the year will be between Christmas and New Year. So that is definitely something I will look out for. Wait for that. That'll be the best one. <laughs> It'll be more fun than the dry stuff on the forums, probably. Yeah. Ah, cool. So stuff that isn't dry is the stuff that's going on in-game. So um, let's have a look. What have we got? 15th of December, the Cause Toy Import... Oh, man, words. One in front of the other, called speaking. So the Cause Toy Emporium calls for help. Did any of you guys get involved with that? I was waiting to see if anyone else was going to chip in, but it's going to be me again, isn't it? Yes, I did. I did. It's um, it, it was quite cute. It's their little, you know, it's a little festive, fun thing in amongst. I quite like how it's tied into the war. So the idea is <laughs> that this um, it's it's full of terrible puns. That this Sandra cause <laughs> who, who runs a toy shop and um, but her deliveries have been um sort of screwed up because of all the war effort you know and all of all of our delivery drivers going off to help in the war effort so uh independent pilots are, are being called on to help make the deliveries so basically you go and you go to this station and you pick up a bunch of festive gifts nice and then you go and scan a beacon and what you get are six six yes six letters from children asking what they want for christmas Awesome. And you basically have to read between the lines in these letters and work out where these children are so that you can take a festive gift to each one. Hang on a second. Ah, so, humbug. Yeah, reading between the lines, that sounds awfully like hard work to me. So, I mean... It's very easy. It really is very easy. Okay, you give know, us an example. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll make one up. I'll make one up. Um, so there'll be something like... Um, uh, this is very similar to an actual one, but what the hell? There'll be something like, oh, my mum makes a pizza. She calls it Shinrata pizza. It's horrible. <laughs> I wish somebody could bring me some salt to make my Shinrata pizza nicer. <laughs> okay, fine. So that is quite obvious. Yeah, but not quite as obvious. But basically, there's pretty much a word in every single one that if you Google... Uh, not Google. If you go to the in-game galaxy map search, yeah. you can pretty much find them all that way. And what were the uh, Just, rewards? Uh, they were, we've had them before, I won't spoil them all, but they were a mixture of some Christmas paint jobs. And these, there are these flat cannons, which are pretty colours and basically firework launches. Nice. And so is, is the event still ongoing? I know it says the 15th of December, but you can still jump in and do it now if you want. Yeah, to. did I read somewhere that it's going to run until, can't remember where I read it. I read somewhere that it was going to run until January, I think. Right, that might be the sort of, uh, and is it uh, is that um, is that just uh, spaceships only? I'm just trying to think. So if that's something that yes. sounds like a fun thing I could do on the Steam yeah, deck. It is, yeah, it, it is spaceships right. only. Yeah, you you can oh. do it. I did it in a, about an hour. I did it one morning, so it takes about an hour and a half. Well, actually, I went mm, one. I I did skip one of them, but I can see spoilers in chat. I'm not going to say it out loud. One of them I chose to skip. Why? Because it was just too hard? You, you couldn't figure it out? Um, because it's a very long way away, and it's a very smelly place, and I've been there once before, and I don't need to go there again. Thank you very much. 
I don't think Hannah Norman calls that smelly, is it? Let, let's Whoa. be fair. Oh, wait a minute now. Hold on. You get a free anaconda. Well, sorry, it's 100 credits. I just wanted to know, is there anywhere in the universe that you can uh, pick up some uh, coal asking for a friend? Because if I get letters from kids telling me they want presents, they're getting coal. Oh, Scrooge. Total Scrooge. Um... Okay, well, that sounds cool, and I think I will. I'll jump into that, because that'll be a, a nice way of getting back into uh, some of the flight mechanics and stuff to, to refresh my memory. But uh, what about the enhanced uh, AX weapon update? What was that all about? Yes, so I think, as we all suspected it would play out, this war against the Thargoids is going to start very, very difficult, and then we're going to get, over time, we're going to get toys to make it easier. So these are um, CGs that have been running over the last few weeks to give you a whole bunch of new AX uh, weapons, multi-cannons and missiles, I think. And they started out with gimbal, and then there's some fixed, and then there's... uh, And they're terrific, actually. I've been using them to do scout combat, and, yeah, those scouts are popping popping like balloons. They're great. Yeah, it's good. It's well worth getting this. Cool. Um, the 16th of December was Elite... Bloody hell, really? The 16th of December was Elite Dangerous's 8th birthday. 8th birthday? God, what's that, 2002? Yeah, no, it will. God, yeah. Where yeah. has those 8 years gone? That's ridiculous. Crazy, so is that 8 years from, obviously, the, the launch party with the big Cobra Mark III coming out of the hangar and stuff, or is this from the Kickstarter starting up? I can't remember. It's such a long time ago. It has to be from the launch party. Because if you think about it, that would have been sort of day one of of elite dangerous uh whereas the kickstarter would be the sort of it, it would be weird that would be kind of like taking your own personal birthday back to the night with oh, no no no, yeah, no. We don't want the night of yeah, well. no 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 <laughs> just stop just stop right there let's not go down that rabbit hole no not rabbit hole any hole no 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 right move yeah, on moving then, on yes it was amazing the launch anyway we we, we were we were there and, and we're here now so yeah, um... absolutely eight years later and still loving the game um, still coming back to it uh and it's funny isn't it because if you think about i mean again we all love uh, space sims on this show but the fact that elite dangerous is having its eighth birthday and yeah, you know, a certain star citizen is still yet to be, you know, st- yet to yet to be born. Is, uh, is one that makes you raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, it crowning. is what? what kind of expression is that? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Much anymore? No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, but no, so star citizen still still not there. Eight years later, um, obviously they've done stacks of stuff, and I'm sure it will eventually come out in some format or another but uh wow that is uh that is mad to think that elite dangerous is eight years old and still still going strong i mean that's probably a, that could be an entire discussion topic for another yeah another uh episode but you know it's still here still obviously got people engaged with it still got uh money coming through the store if nothing else um yeah so i would say still being successful yeah, I think so too. I think I, it definitely went through a wobble at the launch of Odyssey. And it was looking a bit, I think it was genuinely looking a bit touch and go. But yeah, I think they've turned it around. I think it's doing well. If you think about how um, yeah, how it's still generating money, I think the stall that came up probably about halfway through, that's been a big success. What about the uh, the final Maelstrom's uh, advanced 
Thargoid occupation on the 16th of December. That was one of the uh, the in-game events. So while we queue up the store alert theme, why don't we uh, quickly cover off what that in-game event was? It 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 was quite an interest. So okay, so after um, after we attempted to wipe out the Thargoids again, or this dude called Salvation attempted another attempt at genocide, which backfired horribly. Um, there was a a sort of Thargoid call for help, if you like, that went out, and then I think Frontier played this absolutely brilliantly because, as far as I know, they didn't signpost it at all. But somebody noticed in the skybox this odd-looking—I call it skybox, you know what I mean—but in the background, sort of stars when you're looking in the right direction. Um, somebody noticed this sort of eight eight-armed spiral, barely bigger than a star. And you had to sort of get in the camera suite and zoom in, and there was this strange thing. Uh, I haven't, yeah, I think that's just, this is just the. Um, are you aware of the Stargoids, as as the community have dubbed them? Uh, no. And then over time, people have noticed people notice more and more of them, and uh, so people in the community over at Canon developed a kind of three D map so we could track them, and it turned out these things were moving, and they were all coming from great distance uh, and slowly closing in on the bubble, and so we had like several months in the game where people were just watching these tiny stars get bigger and closer, and it was brilliant because the whole time Frontier really didn't shout about it very much and it was the community that spotted they were moving and tracked the direct you know kind of just spotted this whole thing anyway they started arriving and they are basically the sort of um uh, what the, the like the sort of beachheads of the thargoid attack on the bubble and there are eight of them and so this story on the 16th of december was about the final the final three or four of them arriving so all eight have now landed in a Kind of the, the focal points of this war with the Thargoids. So what are they like? Are they mega ships or Thargoids? So megaships? when they when they arrived, um, the form they've taken is what's called a, a, a Thargoid maelstrom. So each system, so there's now eight systems that have one of these things in them, and the entire system is now basically Thargoid owned. And within the system, orbiting an ammonia world, I think I'm right in saying in each case. There's this thing called a, a maelstrom, uh, and it basically looks like a, a cloud. Uh, I don't know if you, you may not even have seen these, but there are these things called um, notable stellar phenomena scattered around the galaxy. And they're, you know, sort of lightning storms and interesting phenomena and stuff. Um, but, yeah, so it, it, and they have clouds around them. So it looks a bit like one of those. And if you fly into it, it's basically full of, um, it's like a caustic cloud, so it starts doing damage to your ship as you fly into it. Um, the visibility is very low, it's full of lightning, it's all very spooky and atmospheric. There are the sort of almost the Thargoid equivalent of mines floating around, so if you get too close to them, there are like sort of Thargoid proximity mines all over the place. And if you try and push into the core of this thing, there's like an energy wave that goes off and throws you back out again at great speed. So I think it's currently impossible to penetrate the heart of the maelstrom. Um, that sounds so, awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I think the people suspect that what's at the heart of the maelstrom is some kind of Thargoid mothership, but we have yet to see. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. it's cool. That is that is very cool. Uh, no, I haven't seen any of those notable phenomena, and in fact. 
this is quite sad, but I've yet to even encounter my first Thargoid in the game. So uh, what? I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I need... You will now. Yeah. I think it was um, myself, uh, Shouty, and uh, Bewilderbeast uh, catered one in our asps. Right, so I died nonstop. This is way back when they were first in sort of into the game, and we catered one all the way back to a station. And then it was like when you're in the station, when you've respawned from the umpteenth death, and you see a Thargoid ship going past the slot. That's quite unnerving, and we thought, imagine you were some other poor player just logging in for the game <laughs> that night. But now you don't need to because now it is, it's there. It's, you know, you've got systems that you cannot go into without risking being obliterated by Thargoids, and I tell you what, it's, 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 it brings that sense of danger back into the Elite Dangerous that has been a wee bitty missing for a while, so it's like suddenly you've got uh, that potential for your epic blazing your own trail story where you can be out there and you can be, I'm going to be a rescue uh, agent, I'm going to save as many people as I can, risking life and limb to do so, or you can be one of those people out there going, well, I'm going to cover you and I'm going to you know, fly with you along in your wing and try and protect you should you get into trouble to get, help you get away. It just opens up so much more fun. Yeah. Um, I. I'm looking forward to jumping back into that. Um, I, I, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just to, I'm probably going to need someone to take me by the hand and actually just sort of point out all the new stuff that that's sort of come in in the last couple of years. But it does sound like the game has moved on quite a lot uh, since I was last playing. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see. We've got our store alert so we have got our festive countdown so do we have a store alert theme that we can jump to store alert in the my weekly newsletter here come paint jobs for your art in the my weekly newsletter here come paint jobs for your art So it is, it is back, uh, our annual Elite Dangerous Festive Countdown, which began on Tuesday the 13th of December. Uh, for those of you, like me, who are not familiar with the Festive Countdown, <laughs> at least not for a few years, uh, we have a daily series of Elite Dangerous goodies that are handed out from uh, ARC login rewards to special cosmetic releases shared across uh, the social network channels of uh, Frontier, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, and login rewards as well. So. Um, just looking at it, um, ARC login rewards will be available daily from the December the 13th as part of the Elite Dangerous Festive Countdown. So how are these going to work? So um, the daily login ARC bonus are only available via the Live 4.0 Galaxy. So unfortunately, rewards are not available on the Legacy branch. Uh, players must load into a game session, open play or private group or solo. And players do not have to have logged in. Oh, excellent. Players have not had to log in on previous days to receive the current day's rewards. Um, cool. Check your so... mail. Check your mail. <laughs> I will check. It'll be mail. there. You, you'll have it in, right just now in your little, you'll have a little message if you press your, 
your 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 Q key and then look in the wheel and go to your mail, you should have a notification of your arcs for today. That would be quite cool. I'll be quite upset, though, if there was enough arcs to actually buy the Christmas jumper that I'm sporting on the stream because I actually had to pay proper hard-earned cash to get enough money to get myself my uh, snowman head and my Christmas jumper. So if there was enough money in there to do that, then uh, I'm going to be a bit miffed. But never mind. It's about time I paid back into this game anyway. Um, but what have we got? We've got gold and chrome skins, including the adder skin. Uh, just looking at some of the pictures here. They look awesome. They look... Uh, ugh crumbs yeah i have to i have to chip in on that because it is it is a great shame that colin isn't here because we we literally joked about there being a gold adder on last week's show when when i don't think this existed and then this week there's a gold adder (laughs) because the the adder is um colin's least favorite ship i mean that is that is overstating it He, he hates it with a vengeance and so and the idea of a golden one, <laughs> I think... I was would... going to say, do we think this is going to make it better for him or worse? Yeah. I, th- I think we should chip together and buy him one for Christmas. Oh, totally. <laughs> there, see, maybe that's it for next week's episode. It's the gift you didn't want to receive at Christmas. Yeah. And that will be the golden adder. So just a suggestion that the Christmas jumper and snowman head were free. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say that after I paid my hard-earned money to actually buy them. Okay, I I bought arcs today just so I can get the jumper and the snowman head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have an awful feeling you and I sat next to each other in the station. We're the only people to have actually bought them. If you look at all the way around the station, <laughs> it's like God. These guys are new to the game. Look at those noobs. They look what they're wearing. <laughs> still got the price tag on them. <laughs> it's all right. After this show, I'm going to go and return it. It's fine. We've still got the tags on it. Be fine. <laughs> Oh man, um, cool. Well, let's have a look. We do have a main discussion for this week, and I'm just wondering, guys, is this the sort of thing that might actually be worth, you know, putting off until next week when, you know, someone other than Alec is going to be able to chip in and talk about it? We basically want to do a look back over the last year of Elite Dangerous, uh, and we've got some notes here about what happened in each of the months. Um, and it seems that that would be a really good topic to discuss, but a really good topic to discuss with people that have been playing it in the last year, as opposed to those of us that have just, you know, Johnny come lately. Um, what do you reckon, Alec? Yeah, if there is a show next week, then I think um, you're, 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 you're probably right. Yeah, there's not going to be a show next week. There's not going to be a show next week. So no show uh, next week, that's okay, because we can jump in um, and do it in, in January, surely. We could, we could. Uh, you're probably right. Because, yeah, you're probably right. Um, right, well, that's it for tonight, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We've still got Community Corner. We can still talk about that. Right. Um, Want to go for some adverts and then we can come back? Yeah, let's do that. Right. That way we can grab another beer. All right. All right. No oh, beer. <laughs> Get ready. L-A-V-E Radio Protecting settlements from villainous scum It's Settlement Patrol Man The action figure every child wants Wearing the all new Manticore Dominator suit With light up jump assist thrusters Press his backpack to hear Settlement Patrol Man speak Not seen you around here before Commander Is that a Karma P-15 in your pocket Or are you just pleased to see me Hey 
Don't point out at me. When the alarm sounds, Settlement Patrolman rides into action in his surface reconnaissance vehicle with pop-up turret and glow-in-the-dark wheel trims. Settlement Patrolman. Surface reconnaissance vehicle and action figure sold separately. Available from branches of Lathe Toy Depot and other retailers. Microelectrode, ion battery, and circuit switch not included. We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, not again. That's right. A commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff while they look around for a 10-credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000-credit assault rifle. They fly away with their superglue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they've stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Hello, I'm Ari. Clary's mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lockers. Now you can benefit from my experience by signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan. That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plant's operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scenes Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Kadamar Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Listen here, ladies. While your man is out and about bringing home the bacon, you need to make sure you look your best, which is why we present to you our Lady Shave. It's small enough to fit into your dainty lady hands and releases a perfumed scent as you cut away that ghastly body hair. Listen here, ladies. Say no to substandard shaving. At Saracen, we believe a woman deserves a shave as good as a man's. Introducing the Pamper Clipper for women. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Pamper Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. And now, it's available in pink. A shade so smooth you'll need a tighter Dominator suit. The new Pamper Clipper Lady Shave from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. In pink. From the makers of the MB5 Shaving Drone comes the latest impersonal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. 
applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball type. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. Okay, and we are back. Uh, just looking at the chat there. Um, <laughs> Wallace has been saying that the adverts that we've got on the show now should actually have a show of their own, and he's not wrong. Um, those adverts are fantastic. It's great to be able to catch up with some of those, and uh, there's obviously some new ones since the last time I was I was on, and, and they're just they're just brilliant. So well done, guys. They are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we should we should have a show just for the adverts. Um, so yeah, we were going to do we were going to do a um, a main discussion again about the the stuff that's happened this year, which you know it seems like a waste considering that Cow and I have literally just got back into the game. So. What we're going to do, because we've still got quite a bit of time, we're going to pivot and um, we're going to talk a little bit about what changes have happened in the game. So if anybody else is out there like me that's just coming back to the game, um, it might be quite nice to just sort of point out some of the changes and some of the things that I can expect getting back into it. So I'm trying to remember the last thing that that I played in game before I, uh, I took a bit of a sabbatical. And I have to it was probably in fact it was it was before uh before odyssey so i had a bit of a panic this afternoon because obviously we now meet in the bar so we have to get our space legs and stuff on so i had to download the update for odyssey which took a an age um but i got it up and running i did the uh, tutorial where you have to run around and scan stuff and then he takes you on a taxi ride back to i think chamberlain base or whatever that was um and that was good fun and I was expecting it to uh, to run quite sluggishly on my PC, but the PC seemed to hold out quite well for it. So I think there's obviously been uh, some updates in terms of making some optimizations on it since uh, since it first came out, because I know that was one of the, the problems that people were talking about in terms of getting it to run smoothly on their machine. So, um, yeah, yeah, maybe you guys can talk to me a little bit about what I can expect uh, from starting the game fresh from Odyssey. And... Also bear in mind that this is someone that hasn't even seen a Thargoid yet. So yeah, don't just take it from Odyssey. Just just double check about the stuff that I may <laughs> or may not or should have but haven't uh, experienced in the game yet. Well, I was thinking actually, have you even played since the update that included core mining? You must have done. Core mining. So hold on. And mining I really enjoyed. So uh, I do remember you used to shoot off... Um, stuff in and you used to sort of drive it down into all the the nuts and crannies and stuff and then blew yes, up and okay, hopefully if you okay, could pop good. it yeah you got okay really good stuff. so, we so don't that, have to go back that was good fun yeah yeah so yeah so, so so it is basically odyssey then I, i'm really interested that you've i hadn't thought about this that you've got to play the tutorial you know now that we've had 14 updates worth of, of optimizations performance enhancements because of course when when a lot of us played it when it first came out and probably haven't played it through since, to be honest. Um, there was that to contend with. You know, you were sort of trying to enjoy the tutorial for what it, you know, for what it represented, and to try and learn new stuff. But at the same time, you were thinking, "Why is my screen juddering like a, like a bad slideshow?" <laughs> and yeah, so that's 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 nice that you've had that experience. What what did you think of the tutorial? 
I mean, it wasn't bad actually. Um, <laughs> let's start off with the positives. I, it was it was smooth. It really wasn't bad. Um, I was expecting it to be just re and everything else, and it wasn't. It it played like any good first person shooter that uh, uh, that I played for for a while. So that was all fine. The um, the storyboarding in terms of you know the control systems. I mean, it was it was WASD, which was fine, and mouse control and things just seemed to be quite intuitive. And obviously, it popped up all the stuff in terms of you know you need to press E to interact, you need to press one, two, three, depending on what your you know your loadout needs to be, and all of that made perfect sense. And I I really enjoyed the sort of the storytelling of it and having this guy you know doing the narrative around it. Um, and telling you about what sort of stuff you needed to be doing, and then I quite liked the fact that there was an incoming ship, um, and that, which you could see through the window. That was that was yeah. all good. When you actually got into the actual fighting part, um, the grenades—they seemed to throw a hell of a lot of grenades, and zero G grenades got me every time. I was a little bit concerned that I was actually going to die in the tutorial. Uh, <laughs> because there was a few moments where they threw like three grenades at once and i'm just like uh, if i die in this tutorial that that's it you know me and me and elite are done you know i couldn't hold my head up uh if i died in the tutorial missions so uh no but we did manage to complete it and the whole thing about sort of jumping in it was kind of like a superhero moment where you can use the jetpack so i had one guy left to kill and he was over at the other side of the base and i could sort of you know jetpack up and it was this wonderful sort of mandalorian moment where you could come down shooting at him from from above. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously where it says lasers for shield and bullets for bodies, that made perfect sense. But was there something that I missed, or was a laser sort of the big gun, and then you had to flick out to the little pistol thing to fire bullets at people, or was there a yeah. different mechanic in within the main gun that I should have been changing to? So, so there are different suits um, that you, I think there's four different suits. Um, so there's a suit which is a sort of kind of non-combat really, and it's for going out and doing this exobiology where you scan um, plants. And then it, with the combat suits, there's two, um, and I'm going to butcher these. There's, there's the Maverick, which sort of has better um, jump range. Uh, you know, you can jump a bit higher and it, it's sort of little bit of a sort of salvaging suit i suppose and it has a, a cutter that you can use for cutting panels and cutting your way into doors and things and in that suit you have a single sidearm and a single rifle <clears throat> so in the sort of gameplay model where you you need um you know laser for shields and kinetic damage for uh for the you know yeah for the squishy bits underneath the shields, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, you you basically end up with a pistol for one and a rifle for the other. Mm -hmm. But there's the Dominator suit, which has a pistol and two rifles. So there you can kind of pack yourself a, a handy sidearm for when you run out of ammo, but basically have a, a big laser and a big rifle. Um, the other thing, which I don't know if the tutorial goes into, is there is a third um type of on foot weapon which is i want to say plasma it doesn't sound right in my head now somebody in chat will correct me if i'm wrong but there are plasma weapons which are a sort of trade-off between both and right. basically do for shields and um armor um i guess it's a preference I, I you know the i think the idea was that starter gameplay you're meant to sort of follow the model of of laser and um 
of laser and kinetic, but later a, a lot of people seem to just pack plasma weapons and not really have to worry about weapon switching and just shoot everything with your plasmas. And I think particularly when you get to engineer these things and you can get grade five plasma weapons, then you kind of Don't can stop it. worrying about that. Because yeah. uh, that was, I mean, it worked. Um, but there seems to be such a lag to change from one weapon to the next that by the time the shields are down, yeah, you know, and you've got your pistol out, the person that you're shooting has ran off and hid behind a you know, a, a box. So, and lasers did seem to do damage to the person's body as well. So if you just kept on shooting them with lasers, they would eventually go down. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure you recognise it from ship combat. They're kind of modelling the ship yeah, combat, and, and yeah, you you can kill somebody with a laser. Even if they, you know, or vice versa, but it's just not as good. Yeah, Grant, plasma sniper, rocket launcher, dominator suit. That is me. I, uh, I land in the combat zone. I jump into the air. I spot my first enemy. Two rockets fired. That's that guy down. Switch to the plasma rifle. One hit takes a shield down. Next hit takes the player down, and that is my um, combat rules. Unfortunately, then I go and do missions which require a little bit of shall we say, um, more subtle uh, approaches. And I find myself in close quarters with the enemy and I click fire and that's when I realise I've got the rocket launcher out and mission failed, um, taken to the local hospital with burns. Uh, and uh, yeah, I keep doing that mistake. Uh, it, I think the way that they've separated the suits and the functionalities on the requirements of them is that kind of age-old time when, for example, the Eagle, and you, you used to go for the Eagle because of its manoeuvrability, but then its power management was really bad, and you had to trade things off. So it's nice that the suit kind of keeps that trade-off of function versus there's not the catch-all. This, on a this suit will do everything. Power management? Not on your suit. Okay, God, thank but God it, for that. It, okay. It, <laughs> but you, for example, yeah, if you're going to go and <laughs> if you take a mission to then extract data from uh, or uh, content or uh, items from within a panel or to do something to something that requires you to cut panels to get in there, for example, if you're going to a station that, uh, to repower a settlement that's been kind of inactive then you're going to have to cut your way through those doors. So you're going to need the cutter. Well, that's not going to be available in your Dominator or your Artemis suit. That's your Maverick suit. And so you, if you're going exploring, then you need your Artemis suit, not your Dominator or your Maverick. But you can then run back to your ship, jump into the next suit, and then go out and make all the enemies very sorry that they uh, gave you enough time to do that. Um, and there's just so many little nice little features. Like you, you're going to love the fact that you can pick up the hack tools to be able to run and you arrive at a settlement and you hack your way through a door rather than cutting through the door and, and get in and then tackle people and then clone their security levels. There's an awful lot of fun stuff for you to be doing in the, the ground missions. That that introduction, that little intro mission um, tutorial gives you a taste for and then it kind of becomes a wee bit samey when you're doing missions. But there's still enough variance in difficulty and things that go wrong and as your um, reputation with factions, so you might find yourself absolutely despised by a hostile to a faction and when you arrive anywhere near the settlement, it just takes one of them to see you and the alarms go off. So there's there's definitely a ramping of the uh, of the interesting and the fun st sides you can have in the ground missions. Totally recommend you getting stuck into some of them. Okay, Alex, do you want to chip in there? 
Yeah, I was it, uh, on on the subject of the different suits. Um, I find it a bit contrived, <laughs> particularly particularly if you think about it. Like like if you if you imagine you're at a settlement and there happen to be some plants nearby the settlement that you want to scan, and then you want to cut cut a panel to go into the settlement, and then maybe you want to carry some big uh, guns once you get through the door because you know you're going to meet armed resistance the idea of you having to <laughs> strip off one suit and then pull on a different pair of pants so you can scare the plant and then strip what those off and for? it's it's sort of ridiculous it's like i'm not remotely dressed for this the fact that you can't Wait. just sort of put clip you know have, i i personally would much rather that you had a belt that was equivalent to them you know in a ship you've got two class a modules and a class three or whatever i'd, I'd, I'd like it i'd prefer it if you had a belt that had three slots and you can put a scanner and a art cutter and a pistol or you know and you you decide yeah. what to carry the idea that you've got a bloody strip off just to carry a bigger bun is so i mean is the reason for this, not being cynical <laughs> not being cynical but is the reason for the three suits the fact that you can then have three sets of cosmetics that you can sell people for these Ooh. suits oh you cynic <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know and the other thing i mean while we're there's a lot of great stuff while we're touching on controversial stuff the other thing that i think is very controversial is that unlike ships if you start engineering a weapon so you know your plasma rifle and then you put extra sights yeah so there's ground engineering as well same same, oh. same it's a it's a massive grind i mean you you thought the ship gr thing was a grind the the ground engineering is is a ball ache from hell um but basically um you pick up all sorts of junk you know got anything you can imagine you can find scattered around and you need five of these and 10 of those and 27 of the others to do something and basically you can put like sights and and sort of make your your gun more powerful and you can silence it and stuff but any engineering that you apply to the gun um sticks with it you can't take it off again so imagine like you engineer, you know, if you think of it in terms of ships, if you imagine you engineer your ship and you give it greater jump range and a bigger power plant and stronger shields, and then you decide you want to change that, you have to sell the ship and buy another one and oh, start no. from scratch. And, and so that's the way they've done ground engineering is that you can't take modifications off, which frankly just seems bizarre, but there you go. Can you have like multiple rifles? So you engineer one, you yeah, yes, and then right, okay. So you can choose the the right rifle for the job. Yeah, so right you can make a long range quiet rifle and a short range shotgun, very noisy. I'll kill you instantly, rifle, and then pick which one you want to carry. I suppose at any given time. Oh, well, that's slightly better. That, that that is one of the sort of strange strange things about it is the fact. So so far as if you, the one thing you want to do is go around all the different uh, stations in a in a system. Um and see whether or not you can buy some level three weapons, possibly with some mods on them, um before rather than upgrading from one and two, which is really a kind of a waste of uh, resources. Um, when you can find level threes with just jumping around systems and going around all the different tech places. But it's it's so <laughs> a level three um annihilator uh, rifle is what fifteen. 15 million? <laughs> I mean, I've got the cash, but that does seem ludicrous. 
for a gun. In comparison to when you can buy a ship for less than that, and technically I think you could probably kill more people if you just try and land them like I do. Yeah, that was always going to be difficult, wasn't it? I mean, by, by the time Odyssey launched, we all had enough, well, I say we all, but a lot, you know, great many of us had enough money to buy many anacondas. Um, they couldn't, they they were in, sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place there because obviously they want to have these stores that have all these different weapons and suits and things. And we, if, if they'd been a reasonable amount of money, you know, realistic amount of money, we, we would have been able to buy everything in the shop. <laughs> Yeah. So either, either they had to introduce different currency or they just had to yeah make guns. Maybe strange. they should write in some sort of uh, Thargoid script. So just like at the end of uh, Fight Club, where uh, they blow up all the computer systems that controls everybody's debts, maybe the Thargoid <laughs> can come and wipe out everybody's funds and you start back off at ground zero. Uh, and then we we start grinding again to get money. That 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 might be yeah yeah okay. People would rage quit. There's no doubt about it. Um, speaking about money, I got I was quite surprised. I've still got a decent amount of money in my account, and I think the reason was um, I was saving for my own carrier, but never actually pushed the button on it before uh, I took my my time out of the game. So what's a carrier going for these days, and are people still using them? Do you want me to take that? I guess. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that if it was, is it 7 billion? Yeah, seven I was going to say, billion. I don't have one. I thought they were 5 or 6, but I believe the the truth, a bit like with ships, is that, to be honest, if you want to outfit it and actually have it do anything useful, you're probably talking double that. I, 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 I would guess you probably need about 10 billion, don't you, to have a useful carrier? I could be wrong. It's okay. it's amazing though, uh, Fuzzy, because um, so when it comes to the grind of the ground engineering and such, carriers are a real way where players can make an awful lot of money quite quickly by they can do all that ground collecting of the rares and the various different parts that you need, like whether it be um, some captain's underpants that you require in order to upgrade your um, rocket launchers or, or to add a toxic you know, vapour to some of them. There's loads of these different things, that they, you know, these items that are quite common, most commonly power regulators and things like that. So then people who have carriers are then offering to buy materials so that they can get a stock there and also selling it. Um, so it's a really good way of bypassing the grind Obviously, the grind gets you at the cost price, which is zero. Um, just just time, and the time cost is huge. Tr- trust me on this one, it is huge. I think I've upgraded two suits to level four and a couple of my weapons up to level four, and I've decided that I'm, they're, they're good enough. <laughs> they're good enough. <laughs> but if you then you know have that access to different carriers and different systems where people are selling those materials and those mats, it's a it's a nice way for that kind of community support to support other players and stuff because a lot of times they'll buy it at a, a higher cost than the market or and then sell you it back at a, a lower cost. Um, so not significantly, but just you know enough to make it kind of kind. It's nice working together, playing how, with players. How do you find out what people have got to sell? That you have to dock at each carrier in order to find out what's being sold where and for how much. And because that sounds like uh, like that's probably um, I know from playing and having chat and seeing people in systems. And you know, 
um, and, and, and sort of like people are telling me that they're doing that. So I'm not sure if there's a formal route to be able to see that. I can only imagine that would be akin to the old MMR, MMORPGs of people sitting saying chair of ultimate comfort, only 3000 gold. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in game. In fact, if you if you pick, if you jump into a system that's got fleet carriers in it, and you pick one of those carriers from the left hand panel, I think all you can really tell is whether landing permission is granted. So you can, if you own a carrier, you can grant people. You can say anyone can land, or you can say only my friends can land. Stuff like that. I don't think you can even tell what services the carrier has. Um, so you're largely reliant, I think, on out of game, you know, things like Discord or I, I think Inara has a bunch of stats on on people's carriers. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of in-game stuff missing really to make that kind of thing useful, you know, in terms of finding out which carrier to go to if you're looking to buy stuff. Cool. So Inara's still around and still obviously alive. Yeah, very much yeah. so and yeah. Okay. There's, a, I mean, there's quite a few um, other wee apps as well for your ground-based uh, map tracking and um, keeping track of what you're looking for based on the blueprints that you're wanting to work on that make it a little bit more targeted due to the limitations and the levels that you can hold. Okay. So you can choose not to pick up that small piece of crap that you don't know what it's for because you've not played the game yet and uh, you don't realise that it's worthless rubbish. Well, that's always the thing. I never understood materials. I never understood what everything was for. So I've probably got stacks of stuff. Whether or not any of it is remotely useful, uh, I don't know. Um, but I didn't get that involved with engineering either when it came to ships. I did I did enough to make sort of uh, my yeah, my frame shift and stuff do decent, uh, decent amounts. But I didn't unlock all the engineers because it was just a grind that was never really yeah, that appealing uh, to me. Yeah. So... The thought of what, doing it again on the ground <laughs> not filling me with that. Um, one thing that Psychocal skipped over, I don't know if you're aware of the, the pre-engineered stuff, but it, this is quite neat. Um, so there's five levels of engineering that you can apply to suits and guns. But yeah, you can you can fairly randomly in um, concourses of, of stations in the, uh, the the supply shop where you buy guns and stuff, they'll sort of randomly have stuff that's pre-engineered up to level one, two, you know, two or three sometimes. Mm. And, and occasionally with little extra mods fitted, I think. So one thing that's really handy that I, um, I my stuff's all level three and I, I haven't engineered anything. I haven't done a single bit of on-foot engineering because it just seemed like such a massive grind. But there's a really neat little forum thread and I'm sure it's, Similar things are around on various Discord servers. I, th I know the Burr Pit has one. Um, so the forum thread's called something like the Caring is Sharing uh, Pre-Engineered Modules thread or something. And it's basically every time somebody lands at a, one of these shops and spots that there's a sort of level three engineered plasma rifle that they don't need. If you're feeling community spirited, then you drop into that forum thread and just note down the location. So um, if you sort of go to that thread and go to the last few, you know, the posts from the last six hours or so, then there's a good chance a lot of those st that stuff will still be there if you, if you, you know, quickly hop along and go and buy it. Cool. And given the, the whole Thargoid war thing that's just sort of kicked off, are fleet carriers now being used to sort of land in sort of systems and, and form sort of mobile bases? 
or is that just not the mechanic they use for? I don't know. There's this thing with fleet carriers. I, d- I don't know if this is entirely what Frontier imagined. Um, there are an awful lot of fleet carriers. I mean, I was I was quite surprised that there was that much money in the community. You know, I've got two billion. I suppose I do a lot of stupid things that don't earn me very much money, but you know, I'm I'm halfway towards a fleet carrier after five years of gameplay. Um so so yeah, I was quite surprised at just how many fleet carriers there are. So what tends to happen an awful lot is that any system that's remotely interesting, either because it's a CG or, you know, this recent Christmas present hunt or anything to do with the war will be absolutely stuffed to the gills with fleet carriers, often to the point where you can't get another one in there. And then people start parking their carriers in the neighboring systems. Um, so people very definitely move their carriers to the you know the points of activity. Um, but to what extent that's kind of community spirit? I mean, obviously people have their entire fleet of ships, so they, so they do that so that they've got all their ships to hand. Yeah. And I, and I guess they all provide, you know, useful, obviously, r- repair and resupply and refuel depots. So, so in that in that sense, yeah, they very much, I guess, assist the war effort. I mean, it means you doesn't you don't have to jump two hundred light years to get more ammo or to replace a busted SRV or something. Okay, well, let, let's let's bounce from that and talk about the fact that I've yet to see my first alien in game. So. Yeah, if I was to encounter them in system tonight, uh, I'm assuming that none of my weapons that I've got on my ship would actually do any harm to them. Uh, I would probably get my ass whooped quite quickly. Yeah. What do I need to do in order to understand how to live in a Thargoid universe? Okay, so running away is your, your pretty much <laughs> best and only option until you've grabbed some of these free AX weapons or something and want to take them on. Um, so you will encounter Thargoids now in. Let me think. Yeah, in three ways, basically. So if you go in the galaxy map, there's a whole load of new um, filters. You know that setting where you can turn on things like bookmarks? Yeah. And so so there's a whole bunch of new ones um, to do with systems that are under Thargoid attack and, you know, Thargoid invasion. And um, there's, there's like four different states. And basically, it, when traveling to and from those systems, you have a, a pretty decent chance of being hyperdicted, which means that during your hyperspace jump, you'll suddenly get a sort of interrupted hyperspace jump, and then you'll drop out in normal space, and, and there'll be a couple of thyroids on your tail. Um, I'll come on to how you get, get away from them in a minute. So that's one possibility. What's new with the latest in, in update 14 is that Thargoids can also now interdict you. So if you're in one of those systems and you're flying from, you know, you've jumped into the system, you're flying from the main star to a station, um, there's a pretty high probability that Thargoids will now interdict you in the same way that pirates used to. And again, you'll have Thargoids on your tail. And then the third way, which is which is kind of interesting, is in these Thargoid-occupied systems, if you drop out anywhere in normal space, um, whether you're just sightseeing or if you hang around long enough, Thargoids will typically drop into your instance after a while. Um, that's a great one because what I really like about that is it lets, if you're into sort of photography or, you know, just sightseeing or video making in Elite, um, that basically lets you dictate 
where you see a Thargoid. You know, yeah. if you want to see a Thargoid on a planet with um, ice and a nice blue atmosphere, then just go to one in one of these Thargoid-occupied systems and wait, and, and then they'll obligingly show up and pose for you. <laughs> but and yeah, so it's fo- follow you down onto the planet as well if you were. Yeah, to... yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very cool. And if you're so, if you're in your ship, they're going to come for you and blow you up. But if you get out of your ship, um, so if you just want to observe flag- thargoids flying around on the planet surface, then just go to a thargoid occupied system, land on the surface, dismiss your ship, and then just wait. Um, you have a problem getting out because sooner or later you're going to have to recall your ship. And that can be a bit hairy, but so anyway, yeah, getting away from the Thargoids um, in either of those three situations, really what you're doing is, uh, yeah, legging it pretty much. So (laughs) your average, yeah, your average Thargoid, I believe has a speed around 400, 450, 500, depending on what type. So a lot of ships, particularly engineered ships, you can just outrun them. Thargoids are notoriously slow to turn, so it's quite a good idea to not do the the roadrunner thing and just run straight down the rail track with the train <laughs> chasing you. It's <laughs> it's quite a good idea, you know, to sort of change your vector a little bit and keep them turning. But basically, what you want you, what you're doing is waiting for the usual frameshift cooldown and then jumping back to supercruise or back to another system. And and really, it's it's kind of trivial unless you're in a very slow ship, right? Okay, um, you so know, the fact as, that I love driving around in my anaconda is going to be a problem for me going forward. Possi- yeah, possibly, I guess. Um, th- there's things you can do like um, popping heat sinks, so that tends to never mess up Thargoid's targeting. So if you, I- I've been carrying a lot more heat sinks these days because if you encounter Thargoids, then you know, pop a heat sink and their their targeting is thrown off quite badly. You know, I'm not even sure I've got a heat, I've got a key binding for heat sinks. So that, again, that's probably yeah. Something probably it's look funny. At. It's something I haven't <laughs> used for ages, and then I I find myself using them a lot now. So is that like the equivalent of you know dropping all your heat sinks? So basically shitting yourself and running is is is, <laughs> is the new plan. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. And what about weapons? So am I? Do I have to do the whole engineering thing to get Thargoid we- weapons, or can I now go to the station and just buy them and equip them? So, again, in the galaxy map, and I was mentioning all the different markers, um, so as well as the Thargoid occupied and sort of under attack systems, there are, what do they call them, rescue, there's there's a bunch of rescue megaships, which are, if you like, the sort of bubbles beachhead for the, for the defense of the bubble. Um, and those are marked with a little, it's like a little blue and green first aid cross icon. And each of those systems has a has a rescue megaship in it, and you can just buy these AX weapons at any of those megaships. I don't think, yeah, there's not even an unlock. I don't think I think you can just go straight into um, outfitting and buy them. Perfect. So, and are they the same? Do they have different levels, or are they just sort of like a one size fits all? Uh, so they have different. Yeah, they do have. There are some different sizes. So really. My Thargoid combat skills stop at scouts. You might, you, you won't even have seen scouts. Nope. Um, so there's different so, levels of Thargoids. <laughs> yeah. So basically, there's the big ones, and I'm sure you've seen pictures of them, and they're like a big flower, sort of eight, yeah. eight arm spiral flower. And there's there's different levels of those, but those are the sort of big bad. If you if you like, those are the boss fights. That those are the elite dangerous is equivalent of a boss fight. Right. Um, 
I've never mastered that at all yet. But you know, each of these th these thigh gods have these things called hearts, and you have to do a certain amount of damage, and then overstress the heart, and then get rid of the heart, and then you have to get rid of all six hearts before you can destroy the thing itself. And so you can solo it, or is that something that you do? It is a, possible to solo thing. these days, um, right? But anyway, so, so I haven't taken down those at all. But then buzzing around in these um, scenarios, you often find scouts, which are much smaller. They're your classic sort of little flying saucer, if you like. They don't have arms; they're just a little flying saucer. Um, and they're 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 pretty easy, and they're enormous fun to take down. So yeah, if you go to one of those rescue mega ships, pick up some of those AX multi cannons, and then go to somewhere where there's a bit of Thargoid combat going on, and basically tackle the scouts. That's that's a lot of fun. Okay, and in terms of groundwork, we haven't seen one of these Thargoids walking around. There's nothing ground mission-wise that uh, impacts the not, war yet. No, not yet, not yet. I mean, to be honest, Frontier have, to the best of my knowledge, barely dropped even a hint that that, that on-foot combat is even coming. I think most of the community completely assumes it is. I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we, we should wait and see. <laughs> It would but be you a massive... can see crashed Thargoid ships on planets, though, yeah? Oh, yes, Probably. you can. Yeah, yeah, we've had those for a long, a long yeah, time. Cause that yeah, because that was yeah. in-game. I just hadn't managed to get around to seeing them. Um, and in fact, I don't think I've even... Uh, there's two SRVs in-game now, isn't there? Uh, yes, only ever in... uh, driven one. Yeah, there's, there's the Scorpion, um, which is much more of a sort of tank, so it's slower, but it's got a dirty great gun on the back and... Um, so yeah, that's fun. One really interesting thing about the Scorpion actually is that a a lot of people really struggled with the Scarab and the way it span out and they couldn't control the damn thing and it made them feel motion sick. And a, a huge number of people found the Scorpion solved all those problems and they much preferred driving it. Yeah, cool. And obviously it works exactly the same as the other SRV. You can just yeah. put it into your normal ship. and Yeah. There's some very neat things which you won't have seen which Odyssey, which really surprised me, but but they kind of there's some stuff to do with physical multi-crew which fundamentally changed things. So as an example, two players, each in their own ship, could land on a planet, deploy their SRV, drive out to some middle ground to meet each other. You could then each get out of your SRV walk to the other person's SRV, get in it, and start driving around in it. And there's all sorts of stuff like that, which I find really fascinating. You know, you could have two SRVs in your own ship, deploy one, drive at a distance, get out, walk back to the ship, deploy another SRV, drive out. So, so there's some interesting kind of, you know, um, sort of sandbox potential for in Odyssey that um, I didn't see coming until I started playing around with stuff like that. And what else would you say was uh, some of the highlights of Odyssey that really makes it, yeah, worth playing? Yeah, what's yeah? It's a good. That's a really good question. Uh, while I think, Psychocow, because you've been back in Odyssey a bit, what what's kind of really impressed you? Um, I've really got sort of addicted to the ground missions, and um, in fact, I've just realised I've managed to put my uh, ship into flight assist off, and I haven't got a clue what the button is to put it back on. When you say uh, ground missions, are you just literally wandering around smelling flowers, or...? Well, kind of, but no, I, I, 
I've um, I've gone over to my home system of uh, Beldacri and found that the player faction that I had an agreement with have completely taken everything and left my poor little faction with hee-haw, so I started to sort of fight back a little bit and uh, raising it using the BGS and stuff and having a bit of fun with it. Um, but that means running missions to raise your influence in the system and just running the influence, you know, running at a loss because it doesn't make you much money. But when you trigger a war, I've made in the best part of two months, three months, uh, a billion in combat zone bonds just from combat zones. That, that's um, probably a, a one to touch on actually what are the different missions so combat zones are they like the obviously well, the only combat zones i know the ones with ships yeah that's when you trigger a war between two factions so you can fight them in space and in combat zones uh in space or you can go to conflict zones on planets and do it on foot which is I have to say i did low um low intensity combat zones at first and then realized that they're just too easy, and then I found that the high and the high sort of level ones are are much more engaging, and you will die because if you get caught out, it's kind of like that hand solo moment where you run in, run around a corner chasing a single a troop, only to find eight of them round the corner facing you as you go around, and it's like a firing squad. And you know the combat zones are tons of fun. It's kind of like a very sort of. Like where PUBG is kind of like a very contained little game and you play your level and you get your your combat zones are like lots of those. So you get to go back in again once you've complained. You you go back to the station, don't need your ship, just ignore your ship, don't worry about your joystick, your hot ass. My hot ass is in the garage, I've not used it since I came back and I just run around the station and uh, jump in a taxi, or if it comes to combat zones, it's jumping into drop ships at the um, frontier. Now hang on, uh, the, that, that, the front, that's, the front news. Line. that's news to me. So you don't need to get in your ship and fly down to the planet to do the missions. No, you can get a taxi to you can get a taxi um, or an apex taxi to any missions that are in the local or close by. So you can take your missions and just get taxis to them, which is fine as long as you're not hostile with them. Which unfortunately. Or if you're doing combat zones or conflict zones, um, you can jump in the frontline uh, drop ships and it will take you to the combat zone. You pick your side that you want um, through that little wonderful woman in the station and uh, it will drop you off. You fight, you win, you jump in a drop ship back and then you go back to the station and you repeat and rinse and repeat until you have uh, won four days out of the seven. And then you win an asset for your, your particular faction and you move on to the next one and then you get to a point where there's nothing um, because they're not close enough to trigger a conflict and so you start running missions. And the missions can be as simple as... Um, uh, I quite like them. There's quite so quite interesting ones like the uploading a virus to a data port. So you'll then arrive at a settlement, go to one of the terminals, try and find out where your data port is. Then you find out you haven't got the security clearance to find out the information for that particular part of the station. So you then got to try and find somebody. And if it's a covert uh, or, you know, covert mission, then one of the stipulations is that you don't set off the system's alarms. So you then either go to where the system alarms are and disable them so that you can do whatever. At that point, if you disable the settlement's alarms, um, they know they're all dying. (laughs) Because that's exactly (laughs) what you do. Um, 
It's kind of like a very, you know, the minute you know, if, if you're a worker on one of these settlements and you hear system alarm disabled, you know, <laughs> it's time to get to the ship and get out of there because uh, at that point it's all, all bets are off. But sometimes you get non-violent missions where you're not allowed to kill someone and that's it's just a really different sort of take on the missions or it's to go in and find a particular item from a crash site um and you arrive there and it's just a wreck you find the bit you're looking for and jobs are good you pick it up and that's fine or you are just in the process of picking stuff up and a dropship comes and drops off eight troops and then you're in combat or it's um to go and assassinate someone and it warns you that if you don't get it right, they are going to um, run. So you, those tend to be quite easy, though. Or massacre sites, they're the best. Just go in and kill everyone. It's amazing when you, when you start listing it, when you, you know, when you were talking and I was just thinking about There's so much, actually. You kind of don't often realise it until you sit down and have a discussion like this and try and describe to someone who's been out of the game for a while what there is, and then you suddenly think, oh, there's this and there's that and there's that. This, this. Oh, it, so and they're all stuff. different because, and they, they, they I mean, the, the, the whole thing is there's a danger of those kind of missions, like in ship missions, where it's just dropping cargo from A to B, and you kind of feel, um, oh, sh- creaky, I need to figure out how to get to a silent one. There we go. Um, you, you, it starts to become very samey. The, the missions on planets tend to be quite varied only because of the experience of the different sizes of the layouts of the the settlements and also the fact whether or not you are being covert and trying not to get caught whether or not they're hostile to you and you really can't afford to be seen and so you're picking people off from a distance and stuff it just it kind of has a feel to the whole um if you remember the grand theft auto uh bizarre heists that you used to do yeah it's kind of got that feeling, and you can go in with them, your 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 teammates as well. So you can actually team up, and you look for people that have got silenced weapons, so that they can take out all the people without getting caught. Well, I mean, that was one of the points I was going to touch on. So when you mentioned before about obviously running back to your ship to have a quick wardrobe change, is there sort of um, yeah crew mechanics where you'd have somebody that's obviously can cut through doors, somebody that can offer. You know, rifles and, and, and combat and a bit of you know power and pew pew uh, and somebody else that can do the hacking. Is it is it worth going in with like a heist team? It's fun, it I guess. Is. But so there's now two types of missions that you can pick up. Um so you've got that kind of um team missions and, and in a team mission uh, everyone goes and participates and they all get the same rewards. And then there's non-team missions where everyone comes along and can be part of that mission, but only the sort of mission taker gets the rewards. Um, But you all kind of participate in it, so you can take your team along with you and have fun, but the team missions are a bit more kind because they they allow you to share, kind of like your trade bonds, but everyone gets the same thing. So if you're out there and you're doing your material hunt and you're trying to find x y and z for your uh, upgrades and you take your team in and it's you know everyone's looking for that particular thing and it's a mission reward then if you've got a team mission version for that um then you can go in one of the new mission types is uh is like protecting the cargo and that's kind of like your red dead redemption 2 
survival mode where you have a crate of equipment and you can go in yourself or with your team and it's protecting the cargo from the enemy and they just keep coming in wave after wave after wave after wave until you complete the mission and they're tricky so you really do need a team for those because on your own you're likely going to um screw it up yeah so there's yeah you know it's it's an awful lot of scope for playing with people uh, and also i quite enjoy the solo missions myself as well but when you go into combat zones it's it's nice to do it with people because you get through it quicker yeah i was going to add actually on, on the things that i like about it and, and thinking about what, what that is I, I, I really like the sightseeing aspect of it and it is worth when you're doing you know when you're going down to these settlements to do missions to to go to loads of different ones because there's an there's an awful lot of different types of settlement. You know, you've got sort of agriculture and military and research, and they've all got different layouts and different buildings, and and they're obviously in different lighting conditions. And so there's sort of this endless possibility for sightseeing. And one little thing that I've, I've picked up from someone else, which has been quite fun, is I'm, I'm not brilliant at the combat, and I, you know, I'm trying to just enjoy the the sort of the scenario, if you like. And I'm constantly being shot. <laughs> it's like, do you mind? I'm trying to just take this in. <laughs> Um, and, and what I this thing this thing I heard that's quite nice is if you go to um, in the again in the Thargoid the sort of Thargoid war map there are systems that have just got a like a black cross through them and they're they're basically Thargoid owned and and shut down so all the powers off so and it applies to settlements as well so these settlements where you'd normally run these ground missions are just shut down derelict there's nobody around um if you go to those settlements with you have these things called power regulators so there are missions where you you're actually missioned to go to a base and restore the power um but you can do this without a mission so you take a power regulator to one of these abandoned bases in a thargoid occupied space pop it into the generator turn the power on and then you you basically have an abandoned base that you can explore in your own time and to your heart's content you know gather engineering materials wander around get the layout of the land and i, and I just enjoy doing that actually without all the, <laughs> the pressure of the combat okay well we're gonna wrap this up so um cow and alex maybe one more thing that you think i should be looking out for because i think what would be quite nice is obviously we've got we've got christmas i've got a bit of time over christmas to jump back into this and i'm going to um and then in the new year we'll probably come back and we'll get the uh <laughs> the a-team crew on to talk about the you know the stuff that's been going on in the in the last year and then maybe it'd be quite nice to sort of jump back into this and sort of just give an update as to the things that i found um coming back through and the stuff that you know, has, has jumped out at me about making a big difference to the game and what my experience has been you know, coming back into it i think that'd be quite a nice way to sort of to wrap this bit up so one thing from both of you in terms of stuff that i should be looking out for that's your taxi taxi <laughs> oh yeah taxis and getting stuck in a station because some ships trapped in the slot and you sit there and it's about how long how long are you prepared to wait to find out <laughs> well so actually the ai gets stuck in the in the gate and you just have to sit there and wait for it to get shot up and it doesn't get shot up it just sits there and it really is a case of i'll wait another two minutes and see 
and then after half an hour you realise you ain't getting out. So you log back to the menu and you go back in and suddenly the taxi's further on. So it's yeah, there's there's the wee things like that that are just joyful nightmares. It's even worse when you're trying to come into the station and for no reason you can't get back in. You just oh my god. Frustration of those is it's brilliant, especially if you're on your way to a combat zone and you know by jumping out of the menu and back in again, you're going to have to find somebody on the planet to shoot in order to pick a site. <laughs> the fun is, it, you know, for all these bugs, they're they're small, they're they're annoying, they're not commonplace. They happen, but they don't happen so much. And there's so many other things in other games, Daisy, Invisible Zombies, and stuff like that, that yeah. are far more demoralising. I know time's pressing, but I've just thought of one other little thing which is worth doing, actually, and you, you could easily miss it, is in these concourses in stations, you know, where you get out on foot and you've got all the shops and things, and there's a bar, and there's usually a big window at the bar, and when you look out the window, you can see the inside of the space station, you know, inside of Coriolis or something. Yeah. Get in your ship and try and do the opposite and see if you can find that window. They're quite tricky to find, but I just find it somehow joyful and unexpected that when you do find the window you can see into the bar from the outside and it's just somehow wonderful that you can see people wandering around while you're in your spaceship and if you're in open can you see people jumping up and down in that area and yeah. waving to you yeah. That? yeah that's that's cool okay yeah. that is quite quality because i must admit that was one of the things when we started seeing star citizen first appear and the fact that you could fly down and, and start sort of going past all the windows and then there's someone inside the star uh, the space station looking looking at you doing it i thought that sort of seamless transition was was quite nice so the fact that it's now in elite dangerous is very cool yeah no it just works yeah because i sometimes i somehow envisaged that the inside of the concourse would be some different instance and i didn't even really expect to find a window when i first looked when i when i actually found the window and could see people inside it was a real wow moment cool okay well I think that will do it for for the topic of discussion. As I say, I think we're probably going to dip back into it in the next few weeks as uh, as people uh, start finding out about the, the stuff that they're missing in Odyssey. But uh, I think we'll leave that there and jump into uh, let's jump into community corner. And um, one of the things that I've I picked up as I was reading the show notes here, and that is um, uh, the high wake knocks, or sorry, the high wake. <laughs> knocks it out of the park again and that is um that's with their their cut their animation elite dangerous when you have high access level and again i have been out of the game for a while but even i understood what was going on in this uh in this awesome cartoon so if you have if you guys haven't checked it out then please go to their youtube channel and check it out um the situation and i think grant you mentioned it about when you need to actually scan somebody that has a higher level access code than you uh, and doing it, um, doing it all discreet and subtly. Um, they've got a cartoon based around that aspect, and it is it is hilarious. I I did laugh out loud, and that's from someone that hasn't played the game. So, yeah, fair play to them. They have indeed uh, done an awesome job with that. Um, Commander LCU has updated his screenshot add-on uh, for the amazing Elite Dangerous Market Connector. Um, let's have a look. Anything else that you guys have uh, picked up from Community Corner? Or is there anything else that we need to, to cover off on that one? Nope, I think it's in the AOCB. So, any other business then? In which case, we've got the, we've got Thargate, uh, which for those people that aren't aware have you is... Missed it? Have I missed what? Thargate, or have you seen it? 
I've I've literally just been looking into it, so I can see it is uh, a fantastic fundraiser um, for the amazing special effects, which is a charity that we, you know, at uh, you know, as part of the elite dangerous community, special effects is one of the ones that we we always go back to. They do an amazing job about making games accessible for people that have um, disabilities. Um, you know, they are they just do an absolutely phenomenal job so looking at it am i to assume that there is an actual single or is it just a mick take to, to raise money it's, it is <laughs> is a thing of beauty uh, it is a creation of the it takes you back to the mobra days <laughs> i had a horrible feeling that might be what it was <laughs> right and... so we're talking about a collaborative music piece then in the spirit yes. of Live Aid, but Thargate. Indeed. You've nailed it, yep. And it is beautiful and features an awful lot of community creators and is amazeballs. And if you have any spare pennies, you couldn't put them anywhere better than into special effects and support these content creators for their, what's the word, talents? No. No, oh, lack of no. talents. Sh- sh- shamelessness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. It is, it is brilliant. And in fact, they created a, a Docker's version as well, uh, utilizing, you know, sorry, uh, stealing uh, the talents of the Docker's cast, um, which they are there to be done. And yeah, LCU has done a freaking amazing job uh, becoming a bit of a creative uh, monster himself. So. Congratulations, LCU, and everyone involved. It looks like it, you know it's been amazing. I can't remember what their actual total is at the moment. Um, no, I can tell you that. So they're currently sitting at two thousand three hundred and eleven pounds, which is forty six percent of their five thousand pound target. So they're doing they're doing well. And again, you know, as Grant says, if you've got any spare pennies, um, then please, you know, you could not put it in a better place uh, than special effects. They are a phenomenal charity. Um, and yeah, so where if people want to or should listen to these singles, where where can they download them from or, or stream them? Well, they should be on that. Uh, if you go to the Just Giving uh, page, uh, justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash Stargate, there should be a link there, there to link. the YouTube. There's no, not. There's not a link. Not that I can find anyway. I've just been looking for it. I've got the uh, Docker's link. I shall just plop it into the uh, Twitch chat so that if anyone's not seen it, um, that they can find it, and also so that uh, Fozza can suffer, see, see, <laughs> witness it. Um, it's not as amazing, and uh, it features the amazing uh, voice talents of so many of the community, and it's just nice to see them all coming together again and that kind of tradition of the community stepping up to raise money for great causes is always so heartwarming to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so nice segue they are actually about the community because uh, we want to give a, a nice shout out and uh, wish good luck to obviously principal community lead Arf uh, and best wishes for him ahead of his wedding, which we say is tomorrow. Is that actually tomorrow? Is that going to be on the 21st? It is. I just saw a picture of Arthur downing what looked like a bottle of whiskey. Oh no! Uh, on Twitter and basically oh. saying "wedding t- or married tomorrow." Oh, well, it's easy enough, Oz. <laughs> it's easy enough when you're wedding day. All you've got to do is listen and repeat. 
It's you don't need to be in your I know, but for that. With a with a oh, with a bottle of whiskey though, the I, whole point is that you need to say I do, not I spew all over your wide, you know? They're, they're, I, su- oh. I suspect I suspect it may have been slightly theatrical for the you know I'm... Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Um in uh, Dex Legacy news, congratulations to Emily Inkpen and the team behind the Dex, the amazing Dex Legacy, uh, for reaching twenty five thousand uh, downloads. Uh, I suppose we should probably uh, give them a shout out because while the uh, the Dex Island take a well earned break before Series Two, uh, there is plenty of material to fill the void. So you can point your audio auto assistant. Uh, to your favourite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search for uh, The Dex Legacy, and then you'll find bonus edition interviews with cast members and with the writer herself, Emily Inkpen. Uh, There's also plenty of bonus materials and merch at thedexlegacy.com, all proceeds of which go to the making of Season 2. We should shout out our sister station, which is Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on Thursdays at 8.30 UK time. And you can tune into them at twitch.tv forward slash Hutton Orbital Truckers or just the audio at radio.forthemug.com. And for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me forward slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Now, I know I'm giving that a shout-out, but seriously, guys, is anybody actually still playing CQC? I believe so, actually. I think it's quite popular in certain corners. I know Colin was still playing it, but I, I, I would have thought that was one of the things that it's, it was quiet when I was uh, when I was last playing, so it's good to see that there's still a community out there that, that's uh, that's enjoying it. Um, cool, and I suppose we should also give a, a shout-out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts, which have appeared over the last year, or are... Yeah, standing regular contributors, and that is uh, Flight Assist, uh, The Guard Frequency, who, in fairness, do do other space games, and Loose Screws. Uh, following this, uh, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by the amazing Commander Wotherspoon, who has just confirmed that there will be a, a year's review coming up between Christmas and New Year. And, of course, uh, Commander Beetle Jude as well. Uh, and yeah, thanks for all of you guys who have been with us tonight in the the Twitch chat and in-game commanders who came to say hello. And a special com- uh, thanks to Commander Tuko or Tukoso. Oh, I was doing so well. Tukoso, Tukoko, no Tukoso, Tukoso. There we go. That'll work. Jendrax uh, and of course the wonderful uh, alumni Alan Stroud who created the music that we use here on. Uh, the show right before we wrap it up guys anything else that i've missed i feel that there's probably stacks of stuff that i've missed trying to uh oh, not at all just just a huge thank you to everyone for letting us come back in and um, totally. completely hijack tonight's show without <laughs> without giving us hard harsh judgments that we haven't actually discussed anything of relevance <laughs> <laughs> and, and also for keeping the who are these guys comments down in uh, in twitch we, we appreciated that you know staying under the 50 comments on uh, who are these dudes uh appreciate that quite a lot um but no it's been great fun and as i say it really is i'm I'm really looking forward to getting back in the game and, and catching up with the what we say you know, is totally true, the fantastic community that we have for this game. And the fact that it's, it's eight years old and still has a community that just continues to go from strength to strength to strength. Yeah, um, it's a great time to get back in, actually. It really is. Uh, totally. I suppose we should, uh, we should probably thank uh, Grant for being on the show. <laughs> Um, and a massive thank you as well to Alex and 
uh, from behind the scenes as well, working on the tech side of things. We've got uh, uh, Norman, we've got Commander Ventura. Uh, but that's it for another episode of Lay Radio. So if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can. You can email us at info at layradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com forward slash lay radio. You can tweet at lay radio on Twitter or you can toot, which is new to me, at lay radio at spacey.space on Mastodon. Or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io forward slash lay radio. We also do, in fact, have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.layradio.com. Do indeed get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything else you would like us to discuss on a future episode. Play Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 UK time and streamed at layradio.com forward slash live. Until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest, 20th of December 3308. We read the news, so you don't have to. In this week's news, humanity has finally got into its stride in the war against the Thargoids. And there's a seasonal treasure hunt. On the 15th of December, the final three Thargoid maelstroms arrived. On Friday, we took stock. Maelstroms Thor, Rigen and Haddad arrived yesterday in the Col 285 sector IG-0, C6-5, Pegasi sector IH-U, B3-3 and HIP-30-377 systems respectively. The eight maelstroms form a hemisphere around the south end of the bubble, blocking easy access to the Pleiades, Witch Head and California Nebulas. While leaving the Colsac Nebula, 
which is also a Thargoid stronghold, apparently unguarded. In addition to the Maelstrom systems, there are 208 systems under Thargoid control, 58 that still have a human presence but are being invaded by Thargoids, and 38 that are being investigated by Thargoids for possible future invasion. And there is one, just one, system that has been cleared of Thargoids and that is in a period of post-Thargoid recovery. HIP 23716 has four stations under repair, Planetary Port, Farkas Oasis, which still seems to be having problems with the fire extinguishers, and the Outpost's Night Enterprise, Godel Escape and Wolf Orbital. The system's only Coriolis starport, Wakata Station, is online and operational, despite last week's heavy bombardment by Thargoid forces. The Brazilian League of Pilots has requested urgent delivery of construction materials to help get all stations back online. There are now a total of 11 rescue megaships to which evacuated civilians can be taken. Ships with passenger cabins can take the walking wounded and those who are simply eager to get away from the Thargoids while ships with cargo racks can take shipments of escape pods full of the more seriously injured. The rescue ships handle medical emergencies and evacuees, but they also sell the enhanced versions of the original Aegis anti-Zeno weapons that Liz Ryder and Zachariah Nemo have been working on. So far, small and medium turreted multi-cannon and missile racks and medium and large fixed multi-cannon have been made available but medium and large fixed missile racks and gimbaled multi-cannons are undergoing final preparation and are likely to become available to buy on Thursday of next week. If you'd like to help make these weapons possible, there are initiatives to deliver gallium, copper, polymers, advanced catalyzers and synthetic reagents to Shiradoc in Kappa Reticuli and to Wilson City in Apala, respectively. It's beginning to look at least possible that the Thargoids might be contained within their current sphere of influence. However, the Maelstroms remain impenetrable. It seems likely that the key to tackling these Thargoid strongholds may be unlocked by the independent fragments of what used to be Aegis. Professor Albertesro, Ramtar and Ishmael Palin, together with the Thargoid Whisperer, Siajin I. On Monday... Colonel Briss Decker speculated about the new Thargoid tactic of interdicting human ships from supercruise. The Colonel, who specialises in customising frameshift-drived interdictors, notes that the Thargoids have long been using hyperdiction, intercepting ships as they travel between star systems, as a means of checking on passing human vessels. In the area around the eight maelstroms, they have now started interdicting human vessels from supercruise as well. And within the area around the Maelstrom systems, they will attack immediately they have completed either hyperdiction or interdiction. This means that for the first time, there is nowhere safe. Jumping to supercruise no longer confers safety from the Thargoids. Meanwhile, the war against the Thargoids is going well. The Vakurbo system, which was on Thargoid alert, is expected to be declared clear of Thargoids on Thursday, and five systems that are under attack. 63 Eridani, HIP 25679, Ibisu, Awara and Imuet are all expected to enter a phase of post-Thargoid recovery at the same time. Two more systems, Ildano and 29E Orionis, are the next two systems being worked on in the reasonable expectation that they too can be cleared of Thargoids this week. This progress contrasts with the previous week during which one system, HIP 2485, had its alert cleared and the Thargoids were only expelled 
from a single system, HIP 23716. The Thargoids seem to be much less invulnerable now they are spread out over a larger slice of the galaxy. Work on the two ongoing initiatives to manufacture enhanced Aegis AX weapons is steady. With the fixed AX missile rack nearly two-thirds complete and the gimbaled multicannon two-fifths of the way to completion. Earlier today, the Imperial Herald reported that the Emperor single-handedly turned around potential civil unrest using the power of oratory. Worrying news and images from the Thargoid War seems to have unsettled the people of the Empire more than had been realised. An entirely unexpected and spontaneous rally of tens of thousands of Imperial citizens formed outside the Imperial Palace. The Chancellor, Anders Blaine, addressed the crowd using giant screens describing the Imperial Navy's swift and decisive action against the invading Thargoids. He assured the vast crowd that they were safe from alien invasion. His soothing words did little to calm the fears that were all too plainly visible on the faces of those present. Reporter Cassia Carvalho describes how she feared a violent reaction from the citizens present, but she claimed it was the Emperor herself who descended the palace steps and walked among the crowd, who calmed those fears and brought back a sense of pride, even jubilation, in these imperial citizens. The Emperor presumably had access to a state-of-the-art sound system to make herself heard by those present as she strode purposefully among them, reminding them of their imperial heritage. She spoke of the strength of the imperial civilization, its achievements, and of the courage of its citizens. She declared that the Empire would challenge and defeat anything, human or Thargoid, that threatened its safety. According to the press account, the normally reclusive Emperor single-handedly transformed the crowd from fear and rebellion to confidence and pride. Whether or not this piece of hagiography was strictly true, the Emperor must know that dark times are ahead and that she must keep her citizens behind her if the Empire is to survive. Away from the Thargoid War, a treasure trail has been created by Sandra Kors, a modern-day Santa Claus. Delivering festive gifts to children should be its own reward, but Sandra has made sure the delivery pilots get a very fair reward for their efforts. What you need to do is bring your small or medium-sized sleigh, with at least space for six cargo, to the Njumbala system. Scan the beacon called Sandra's Postbox, which is near Frost Dock. This will give you somewhat cryptic delivery instructions. Buy the number of festive gifts you need to deliver from Frost Dock. If you're good at interpreting the children's somewhat ambiguous delivery instructions, six packs of gifts should be enough, but you can buy more as insurance. They're a rare good, so you can sell any you have left over for a decent profit if you travel far enough. Now, all you need to do is work out where the little darlings want their presents delivered and sell one of the festive gifts into the appropriate commodities market to complete your delivery. If you worked out the correct delivery address, a message will arrive in your inbox telling you of the sometimes colourful, sometimes useful rewards you've earned for making the delivery. Here's one of the six letters from the children. The clue to the system and station is hidden in there somewhere. Dear Sandra, I have been a very good girl this year. All my classwork was completed on time. I helped Daddy with changing Tommy in the mornings, and I even ate all of the horrible stew Mummy makes on Wednesdays. She keeps saying it's a bokele special, but it tastes so weird. I know Mummy loves making it for us, so I finish mine every week. I'd like a full box of special flavourings 
I can sneak into my bowl when she's not looking. Then I look forward to Wednesdays as much as Mummy does. Thank you. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, query news, so you don't have to.
While the team on Dex Island take a well-earned break before their Series 2 return, there's plenty of material to fill the void. Point your auto-assistant to your favorite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search The Dex Legacy. There, you'll find bonus edition interviews with cast members and with the writer Emily Inkpen. There's also plenty of bonus materials and merch at www.thedexlegacy.com. All proceeds go towards the making of Season 2.